is Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Why am I the host? Because I have all the answers, at least for the next hour. We have a great show with clever quizzes, catchy tunes. It's a bit of a puzzle party up here. Let me introduce our puzzle gurus who make the party happen here at Ask Me Another. This is John Chinesky. Hi, Ophira. Hello. Thank you. Art Chung. Hey, Ophira. And, of course, the woman behind the guitar is Shanali Bowman. Hi. Hi, Ophira. Hi. And Shanali is not only providing the music for our show, but she will also be helping me with our very first game. All right. Standing in front of me are our first two contestants. We have Trent Gary and Jamie Pierce. Welcome. <laughs> Trent. You're new to New York. I am. You just moved here from Montana? I did. You could tell you still have happiness in that thing. <laughs> Potential. You think you can get an apartment for 600 bucks? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> well done. Keep saying that. Uh, you are, but you uh, were, you're a radio DJ as well? I was at one point. You were, okay, what was your show? Um, well, I had a college radio station, and then I was a DJ for an afternoon radio station in a little town in, uh, called Sandpoint, Idaho. Sandpoint, Idaho. What was... Oh! Sandpoint, Idaho! Sandpoint's in the house. And what was the name of your show? Well, I didn't have a name. It was just the Sunday afternoon show, so I was just kind of filling the time <laughs> between live show to live show. Live show to live show. Yeah. So you're no stranger to radio. Welcome. All Thank right. You. You're going to be great. And you also, Jamie, just moved to New York from Austin? Yes. How long have you been here? Um, I've been here for a year. Oh, for so, a year. So yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're almost yeah. the real thing. <laughs> the bloom is off the rose. <laughs> <laughs> the bloom. <laughs> I love how we talk about living here. Uh, and you're a pub quiz enthusiast. You do a love lot. it. Love it. Love it. it. Fantastic. And I hear that your current job, I was told, let, became your job after you were house sitting in Fire Island. Yeah, I, um, I got I got my job. Because um, I managed a beach house in Fire Island for you the... You managed a beach house? Yeah. That's a, was, that's a was, job? <laughs> it was as hard as it sounds. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are in for a treat. We are going to play a little game here called Extended Play. That is right. So, Afira. Yes. I think you can help me out. Tell sure. me what the name of this song is. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. We all know the song. Everyone knows the song. It is Satisfaction. You are wrong. It is parentheses, I can't get no, close parentheses, Satisfaction. So this game is about song titles that include parentheses. Aha. Title. It's going to be great. So Shanali is going to play uh, familiar songs whose titles end with words in parentheses. Okay, so it's your task to ring in and sing. Yes, Sing <laughs> the part of the title that is in the parentheses. And then we'll ask you a follow-up question. Either of you can answer, and whoever gets the most points moves on to our final <laughs> Ask Me One More round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yes. Great. Okay. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Trent. That's... What I want. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, this question is open up to the both of you. The Beatles sang this famous cover of Money, That's What I Want, but the song was originally performed by Barrett Strong in 1959. In 1997, who came to a different conclusion in their song, Mo Money, Mo Problems? Trent? Puff Daddy? No. Oh. Take a guess, Jamie. Biggie? <laughs> Notorious Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. You got Notorious it. Notorious B.I.G. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All the girlies say I'm pretty fly. <laughs> I didn't see that. I think Trent rang me first. Trent? For a white guy. <laughs> nice, the white guy. I like your range. You love singing that just, just a little, little bit. Just a little. Did, did we just get something on your bucket list? Was that a check mark? Maybe. <laughs> I think that's the state uh, theme song of Montana. Is it? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Unfair advantage. <laughs> In 1961, what white guy went pretty fly when he became the first human to orbit the Earth? Trent. Buzz Aldrin? No. No. Jamie. Buzz Aldrin is a toy. <laughs> Glenn. Uh... Glenn somebody. Yes, Glenn no, somebody. No, it's not him either. <laughs> Sorry. Also, no. Listen to John, whatever you do. <laughs> John Glenn. <laughs> no. The answer is Yuri Gagarin. Oh, mm. The Russians. The Russians. The Russians. I know. We always forget about the Russians, don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. I know. To have a girl like her is truly a dream come true. And out of all the fellas in the world, he belongs to you. And it was just my imagination. Running away with me? Yes! yes. <laughs> Running away with me. By the temptation. Uh, Jamie, that was great. Could I just have a little more of your soprano voice? Let's try that again. Come on. <laughs> Running away from me. Yes! <laughs> Thank you. That was great. Speaking of running away, in 1932, what Dallas waitress ran away with Clive Barrow to start a life of crime, Jamie? Jamie. Bonnie Parker? Yes. yes. Bonnie Parker. <laughs> That's kinfolk down in Texas. Yes, we, uh, we clearly share the same role models. Love strange, so real in the dark. Think of the tender things that we were working on. Slow change pulled us apart When the light gets into your heart, baby Don't you Trent. Forget about me <laughs> <laughs> Nice, Trent. These voices, you guys have nice voices. Right. I just love every time you sing a line, Trent, you get the biggest grin on your face. <laughs> it's fantastic. Amnesia and memory loss is a standard plot device in Hollywood films, from the Born Identity to the Vow, but what 2003 film featured an animated character with short-term memory problems? Trent. Right. Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo! Good. 
Sometimes I wish I could turn back time Impossible as it may seem Baby, if I could, well, I would Baby, quit playing games with J- my Jamie. heart. <laughs> with my heart. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now I know everything about your music taste, Jamie. I understand. <laughs> Speaking of boy bands, the blonde member of the Backstreet Boys shares his first name with one of the Jonas Brothers. What is the name? Nick. Nick. <laughs> So you knew the song. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Never judge a book by its cover Or who you're gonna love by your lover Say you love put me wise to a club in disguise She had the body of a Venus But you might disguise that, that dude Dude looks like a lady? (laughs) Jerry! Excellent! That's right. Aerosmith's only number one Billboard Hot 100 song was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which was in the soundtrack for what film? Jamie. Armageddon. Correct. Armageddon. Yes. (laughs) All right. That is a weird choice for an end of the world song. Yes. This is a super close match. It is? How close? So close. But Jamie, you are the winner. Congratulations, (laughs) Jamie. Jamie, uh, stick around. You're going to move on to our final Ask Me One More Round. Trent, you were fantastic. How about a hand for Trent? I put a spell on you Because you're mine You better stop what you do, doing I said watch out, I ain't lying Yeah, I ain't gonna take you fooling around I ain't gonna take you putting me down You put a spell on me Because you're mine Janali Bomek, everybody. I, uh, I have put spells on people, people. It costs $40 in case you too would like to put a spell on someone. I will give you the number. We here on Ask Me Another Love Mysteries. That's why in every show we have a mystery guest, and a mystery guest is like a riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a radio show. So these guests appear at the end of the show, they tell us a little bit about themselves, and then we test their wits in a trivia showdown written just for them. So John, do you have a hint as to who our mystery guest is tonight, please? Yes, I do. Uh, Our mystery guest is a marvelous writer who's known for books featuring a certain incredible character who's green. Ah. That's my clue. Wow, that uh, really singles it down, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it does. All right, thanks, John. I know what the answer is, yet I'm still intrigued. Well done. (laughs) 
Coming up, we'll test your knowledge of IKEA furniture, because who hasn't almost broken up trying to put that stuff together? <laughs> Alan Keyes can't turn a broken heart. Plus, more trivia, puzzles, and mysteries to come. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. You're listening to Ask Me Another, NPR show for those of us who have way too much information floating around in your heads. I'm your host, Ophira Eisberg, and with us is our resident puzzle expert, a man who was born a puzzle, raised a riddle, and now is just questionable. <laughs> John Chinesky. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we have our new t- contestants. Standing in front of me is... Jesse Perlstein. Welcome, Jesse. Hi. Jesse, you're an artist, teacher, and musician. Mm-hmm. Braggy. A little braggy. <laughs> Whatever. My producers told me that you were recently in China. Yeah, I was living there. You were like, living there? Yeah, for like how long? eight months. Eight months? Yeah. And you DJed out there? Yeah, I DJed a little bit, taught, voice recorded, got kicked out for a while, and then had to come back in through Hong Kong. Oh, braggy yeah. once again. No, I... <laughs> I, not, yeah, okay, maybe. The audience wants to know what you got kicked out for. Oh, I just lost my job and lost my visa and had to flee. Oh, you know what the usual. Yeah, that just happened. <laughs> exactly, boring. Well, welcome. Welcome Thank to Ask you. Me Another. And I'm going to say your name the best I can. That's fine. Alessandro. Yes, close Ache enough. Achevarria. No? Say it for me. <laughs> Alessandro Echevarria. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alessandro Achevarria. I fall in love with that every time I butcher it. I'm sorry. It's quite fine. But you're from Italy. Yes. That's why you have that name. Uh, half. Half of the name. Half of the name. Half yes. of the name. And you're a movie nut? You're into... You watch movies all the time? Uh, yeah, I have a lot of free time because I'm a freelancer. You have a lot of free time. I think that's called not working. Yes. <laughs> Well, you guys are going to have a lot of fun with... This is one of our classic games that we love playing. It's called This, That, or The Other. And in this game, we read out a list of items, and you have to tell us which of three categories they fall under. Okay? Sounds very easy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) All right. You tricked me. John, why don't you tell us what the categories are? Today's categories are prescription drugs, Harry Potter spells... And IKEA products. <laughs> Lots of words that sound like English in a blender. Okay? For example, if you're a, a Zedia, is that a prescription drug, Harry Potter spell, or IKEA product? I would say Zedia is a Harry Potter spell. No, it is a popular cholesterol medicine, Zedia. Oh. Right. Okay, players, uh, we're going to go back and forth between the two of you so there's no ringing in. Whoever gets more correct moves on to our Ask Me One More final round. Ready? Yes. Okay, yep. Alessandro first. Cymbalta. That is a prescription drug. That is a drug. Very good. Nice. Jesse? Billy? Drug. No, it's not a drug. What kind of drug? Should be. It really should be. It should <laughs> be. Alessandro, you can take it. You can tell us. It is no an Ikea bookcase. It. it is an Ikea bookcase. Yes, yeah. it is. And how many of you have a Billy in your house? Yeah. Constant in my life, that Billy bookcase. People come and go, but Billy's there to stay. Billy stays. <laughs> Alessandro. Yes. Expelliarmus. It is a Harry Potter spell. Yes, it's a Harry Potter spell. 
He said that super fast. Jesse, Risperdal. Uh, drug. That's a drug, yes. It's, it's an antipsychotic. Very good. Risperdal is an anti. It stops you from Beans. whispering to dolls. Whispering to dolls, yes. <laughs> I need that. Alessandro, Lumos. That is an Ikea product? No, that no. Uh, creates a beam of light from a wand's tip. That's a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, Knox. Uh, drug? No, that counteracts the Lumos spell by creating <laughs> darkness. It turns off lights. Sorry. I guess Shame. They couldn't you just use off? I, yeah, I use the clapper and the all, cl- and that pretty much works for me. <laughs> Alessandro, Ektorp. That sounds like a drug. No, it's a line of sofas and love seats from my idea. <laughs> but you make a good point. I mean, sounds like real, how drug. comfy does an Ektorp sound? Oh, that sounds like it's crisscrossing sounds lasers or something. Jesse, Effexor. Drug. That's a drug. Tried it. Alessandro, <laughs> Confringo. Confringo. I'm going to go for a Harry Potter spell. Yes, it's a Harry Potter spell. It causes objects to explode into flame. Mm-hmm. So. Tried it. Don't want that to be a drug. Okay. Jesse, Ivar. Um, Ikea? It is a modular shelving yeah. system. Yes, very good. I'll send you Signum. Ikea? A line of desk organizers. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, it's very yeah. gratifying to get it right, isn't it? You're very like, yeah, I got it. Ikea. Protego. Protego. Oh, that's Harry Potter. Yep, yep. <laughs> I knew that. Can I ask you, how, why are you so sure about that one? Because, like, Hermione always shouts it. All the time. All the time. What does it do? It's like a protective barrier thing, I think. I love Jesse. It causes hexes and curses. <clears throat> it causes hexes and curses to rebound back at the uh, That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. That's what You're I meant. right. Sorry. Alessandro. Norden. Norden. I was at IKEA recently, and yes. I remember seeing it. <laughs> yes, very good, Norden. Kind of dining tables, chairs. Norden. Jesse, Langlock. Harry Potter. Yes, it yes. causes yeah. the victim's tongue to cleave to the roof of their mouth. We have to go to a tiebreaker. Get your hands, oh. get your hands near your bells, gentlemen. Nasum. Alessandro. I just rang, I have no idea. Harry Potter. (laughs) I'm going to go with Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. Drug. (laughs) It has to be. It totally is. didn't have a strategy for this. No, it's a woven storage basket from (laughs) Ikea. Do you guys fist fights? Or? Yeah, I think I, yes. so they're going to write a question Sing right it. now. Get your hands ready. <laughs> and here we go with our tiebreaker. Enbrel. Drug. Drug is correct. Yeah. yeah. Jesse. Congratulations, Jesse. You'll be moving on to our final asking one more round. Have another ad for Alessandro, a fantastic contestant. 
looking for a few people in our radio audience who'd like to come play some games in a future show. So if you think you have what it takes, find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another, or you can send us an old-fashioned email. Remember those from the yesteryear? <laughs> at askmeanother at npr.org. We'll send you a quiz and find out if you have the right stuff. Okay, standing in front of me is our new contestant, Liz Friedman. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. Now, Liz, uh, I'm very impressed. You're clearly a bit of a Renaissance woman. I know that you went to university and studied philosophy, economics, politics. Sounds fancier than it is. <laughs> Doesn't it? And, uh, I hope. <laughs> currently, you work as a management consultant. Again, fancier than it is. <laughs> Fantastic. And you are a crossword... Scrabble enthusiast, you love all that stuff? I love it. Okay, well, <laughs> that puts you in good shape. Art, you want to talk about what we're going to play next? Sure. Do you have the uh, iPhone app Words with Friends? I have it. This has nothing to do with that. So. Good. <laughs> Our version of Words with Friends centers on the word pal. So we're going to ask you about words or phrases that have the letters P-A-L in them somewhere together in the phrase. So, for example, uh, Shanali, if I said to you, Jane's Addiction singer Perry Farrell named his popular music festival after a word meaning an unusual event, you would say... Oh, oh yeah. Lollapalooza. That's right. Yeah. Lollapalooza. Okay, Liz, are you ready? Sure. Six correct, and you move on to our Ask Me Another one final round. Okay. Here we go. Queen Victoria was the first British monarch to live here. Palestine? <laughs> <laughs> Ophira, was she Jewish? Uh, I'm hoping for humor points. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. The answer was Buckingham Palace. <laughs> makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> in Apocalypse Now, Robert Duvall character says, I love the smell of what in the morning? I hear whispering in the audience. But... <laughs> it smells like victory. The audience is just We're gonna dying to We're going to go to the audience. Someone in the question. audience? <laughs> Liz, that was not meant to make you feel bad. <laughs> Our next clue. It's what Freud would say you'd have if you're a boy who really, really loves his mom. Uh, Oedipal complex? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I know that trying to find that made you want to tear your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Liz, you wouldn't want to be friends with this 15th century prince of Wallachia, the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. His favorite hors d'oeuvres was head on a stick. Anyone in the audience? Vlad the Impaler! <laughs> that was Vlad the Impaler. Did you know? I didn't know no, that. I didn't know no. that. No, no, that's I impressive. Didn't know that. I know a lot of us went outside with our free time, so... <laughs> All right, hope this one's a little closer to home. This Northern California city is home to the very first Victoria's Secret, as well as Facebook, Hewlett-Packard, and Stanford University. Um, uh, Palo Alto. Yes. Yes. Wow. This audience is standing behind you, Liz. Can we just take a minute to discuss how brilliant that is, that first a lingerie store opens, and then all the nerds with computer companies are like, you know where we should put our headquarters? Here we go, Liz. All right, in 2009, while South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford was in Argentina having an extramarital affair, his staff claimed he was on this legendary hiking route. Appalachian? Appalachian Trail, that's correct. Yeah, right. 
Finally, meaning a piece of parchment where writing has been erased and written over with new text. This pretentious word was the title of Gore Vidal's 1995 memoir. Oh my god. <laughs> a hint, it has the word pal in it. Audience. Palimpsest. I don't even know what that word means. Yeah, not either. <laughs> Liz, fantastic. Contestants, thanks for being on our show. Art, why do you give our audience another clue as to who our mystery guest is? I have a mystery guest clue. Our mystery guest has something in common with Bill Clinton, Rachel Maddow, and Atul Gawande. But unlike those three, our mystery guest has been inside the mind of the Hulk. Ooh. It's a dark, scary place. <laughs> but exciting. Thank you, Art Chung. Let's welcome our new contestants, everybody. Standing in front of me is Mark Beasley and Tamara Kalemi. Hi. Tamara, am I saying it right, Tamara? You are. I am. Tamara, oh, you're British. I am. Originally from London? Originally. Originally. And how long have you been living here? Longer than you've been alive. Longer than I've been alive. I doubt that, but I accept the compliment. Uh, so you are, wow, I'm told that you have been in publishing for 30 years, but now you're a UN translator? Yes. That's exciting, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you speak like 100 languages, Russian, Spanish, French, Italian. Yes, but that's not 100. That's uh, 100 more than I speak. <laughs> we are happy to have you. Tamara? And Mark Beasley, you're an editor at Marvel Comics. I am indeed. What's your favorite superhero, I have to ask? Uh, Spider-Man or the X-Men. Spider-Man and the X-Men? If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Probably teleportation. Teleportation. Yes. Yes. I want that fire thing. But anyways, <laughs> welcome everybody. And you are going to enjoy this next game. It's called Dramatis Personae. Now I know that is Latin, because that, that is my first language. Um, for characters in a drama. It right, John? Sh- it sure is. In this game, Ophira will read lists of characters from literature, theater, movies, and television. We'll start with the smaller parts and move on to the more central roles. And as soon as you know the work, ring in. If you're wrong, your opponent can hear the full list before answering. For example, if I said, Alfira, yes. Cosette, Gavroche, Fantine, Jean Valjean. The story of my life. Les Miserables! Ah, yes. <laughs> Mais oui. So these it could be literature, could be television, film. Are you guys ready? Yep. Okay. Connie Rivers. Rosa Sharn Rivers. Jim Casey. Ma Jode. Tamara. John Steinbeck. Um, sorry. I'm blanking. Mark. The Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. Do you want to thank Tamara for doing a lot of the yeah, work exactly. on that for you? <laughs> I, I, I got it on Jode. You, you owe her a beer. <laughs> Mia Wallace. Mark. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's right. <laughs> Yeah. 
Penny Johnson, Robbie Gould, Max Kellerman, Jake Hausman, Johnny Castle, Francis Baby Hausman. I had the time of my life at this movie. <laughs> yes, Mark. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing is right. I think the audience, like, should we all stretch for a second and hug? It's very tense out there. You guys are like, come on! You guys are doing great. Your next clue. Ratty. Mole. Tamara. Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows Correct. is right. Tamara's on the board. Wallace. Wee Bay Bryce. Mark. The Wire. The Wire is right. Did you hear that right when I said Wee Bay Bryce and was like, oh, oh my gosh, what are my favorite shows? <laughs> I just said we didn't didn't get to Omar Little. He's so great. We didn't get to Bubbles. You're so terrible, but so great, Omar. (laughs) Harry the Horse. Miss Adelaide. Nicely, nicely Johnson. Oh, God. Tamara? Guys and Dolls. Yes, Guys and Dolls. All right, we have our scores, and it looks like Mark has four points, and he is going to move on to our Ask Me. One more final round. Another hand for Tamara. What a great contestant. Way to go, Mark. I think Mark teleported to a library to get some of those answers. That's not fair. All right, everybody, it's now time to reveal our mystery guest. Yes. Here's what we know about him so far. He's marvelous and shares a brain with the Incredible Hulk, and is a Rhodes Scholar. He's award-winning director and acclaimed writer of the Incredible Hulk, Greg Pak. This is still NPR's Ask Me Another, and I'm still your host, Ophir Eisenberg. More to come, plus we put comic book writer Greg Pak in the puzzle hot seats. Welcome back to NPR's Ask Me Another, an hour of trivia, riddles, and mayhem. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is this week's mystery guest, Marvel Comics writer and independent filmmaker, Greg Pak. Welcome. So, Greg, the first thing I have to ask you is you've been writing for Marvel since 2004. Yeah. And you wrote a lot of different characters and titles. But your favorite is The Incredible Hulk? Well, uh, my current favorite is Doctor Strange. Doctor How about Strange. That? Yes. Okay. But, and for uh, our listening audience that may not know who Doctor Strange is, give us a couple. Uh, Doctor Strange, once an arrogant surgeon would only cut for money, uh, was in a terrible... <laughs> so, just uh, like a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, doctor. In a terrible car wreck, his, and deeply, ironically, in the great Marvel tradition, his hands were shattered. He could no longer perform surgery. No! So he travels the world looking for a cure. There is no cure. He finally goes to a, uh, a healer in Tibet, and Strange changes his career. And, uh, and uh, he, he, uh, he, he becomes the, uh, the Ancient One's apprentice and eventually becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. Wow. That Deep, is strange. Yeah, yeah. 
So what is it about that character that speaks to you, that you love writing? Well, right, I mean, I'm, I'm writing a book called uh, Doctor Strange Season 1, which is looking at a very early point in his career. And um, it's, it's at that point where he's just met the Ancient One, so he's become his apprentice, but he's still basically the same jerk he was when he was a surgeon. Oh. And uh, that's a very fun place to write a character, you know, when a character is a jerk in, you know, becoming a hero, but still a jerk. That's a, that's a, that's a sweet spot. <laughs> Right, because there's all the conflict of yes. the uh, arrogance and the exactly. potential embarrassment and right, what have right, you. And right. what was it about the Incredible Hulk? I mean, they were talking uh, yes. a angry... I, yeah, the Hulk, I, I mean, I just, uh, I, I've loved the Hulk since I was a kid. And uh, in Dallas, Texas, planning my schedule around 7 p.m. on Thursday nights when I could watch Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno <laughs> in uh, the Incredible Hulk TV series. Just loved, loved, loved that show. It was my introduction to the literary concept of tragedy. Um, I'm, I, and I, I'm not even kidding when I say that. You know, it was like the first time where I saw a hero who struggled every time, you know, all the time to do the right thing every single time and still at the end of the show was on the, on the road thumbing a ride, you know? Right. Uh, the Hulk is all about anger, right? And it's about this notion of uh, that anger, no matter how justified, when it is, um, you know, when you express it, you pay the price. Uh, I think that's sort of one of those great mystical slash religious slash ethical truths that uh, many great Marvel writers before me kind of understood. And um, so when I got to write The Hulk, that was, you know, I got to play with those huge themes and it was a blast. That's interesting, the sort of moral edge to it. That's what spoke to you. You were just like, oh, this is how someone deals with the conflict of bad and good, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think Marvel comics are great. I mean, you know, the classic reason marvel became what it became was because all of those you know forefathers in the in, uh, who, who made marvel comics what it is they introduced this notion of heroes who are struggling to become heroes you know what i mean you're not a hero because of who you are you're a hero because you're struggling to overcome the things that keep you from being heroic if that makes sense you know you're, you're struggling to do the right thing and that struggle is what makes you a hero so i'm a hero is what you're saying yes you are <laughs> yes you are but with all due respect what is important about this narrative form that adults should pay attention to and pay well, respect to? Yeah, I, I mean, there is, it's a heck of a lot of fun. You know, if you like pop culture, if you like movies, you like comics. I mean, comics is just a, it's a medium like any other medium. And there are great stories that can be told in comics. There are amazing sci-fi epics that are told in comics. There are amazing mysteries that are told in comics. You know, just, I mean, any... Any kind of um, genre, I mean, comics are not just limited to superhero comics, although superhero comics in and of themselves are fantastic the same way great superhero movies are fantastic. I mean, there's, uh, you know, great narratives of adventure and, uh, and heroism that are, that are just a kick in the pants. They're fun. <laughs> um, Hulk smash! Uh, um, and uh, so, you know, so there's that. But there's also the fact that comics can do anything. I mean, in my, I, I've been really lucky in my Marvel career to have the chance to work on big, crazy Hulk smash-tastic adventures, as well as, um, I mean, and then I wrote a book called Magneto Testament, which is Magneto's origin story. And it is, uh, it's a Holocaust story. And there's no superheroics, there's no superpowers in the story. It's, uh, and and we, um, we told a historically accurate story of a kid uh, coming of age in Germany and Poland during the rise of the Nazis struggling to keep his family alive. And, um, you know, the fact that there was room for that kind of story in, in the Marvel Universe and in comics is just, you know, I mean, that's a great thing. There's such a variety of stuff. Yeah. Now, I mean, that does sound amazing. And the added bonus, I guess, is that you work with an artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, artists are amazing. I mean, there's nothing like 
turning in a comic script and in the next couple of days starting to get these pencils back where an artist has sort of breathed life into everything. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of the fun of working in comics is just that collaborative, creative energy. And what is Vision Machine? This uh, is a uh, current project, yes. a series for you. Yeah, Vision Machine. It's a sci-fi story that is actually available for free. You can download it for free at visionmachine.net. It's a graphic novel that imagines the world 50 years from now with all of the social, political, and all of the changes that will come about because of advances in personal technology. The high concept is that Sprout Computers has introduced its latest and greatest piece of world-changing uh, <laughs> technology called the I.I. That's I and then E-Y-E. Um, I can't believe that wasn't taken yet. It's, it's, uh, yeah, well, it's a pair of glasses. You put it on. Anything that you can see, you can record just by looking at it and thinking about it. You can edit it instantly just by thinking about it. You can add special effects. You can upload it, share it with the world. It's YouTube, digital video, Twitter, all these things at the speed of thought. And it's this incredible boon for media makers because suddenly you can make the movie that's in your head. Uh, there are people who can actually imagine, like your dream, you can actually literally put your dreams into this thing and make them come to life. Uh, and so it's fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, the other shoe drops because there's this whole panoply of um, copyright, trademark, enforcement, slash infringement issues, as well as massive surveillance and privacy issues. Um, so it, it turns into a, a kind of a crazy sci-fi thriller. But, and it's all going to happen probably in sure. five years. No, so, I mean, uh, I'm looking... So read it now to see where you're going. <laughs> I'm looking forward to just being a, a head in a jar of formaldehyde. Like, won't that be better? <laughs> That'll be so much easier. All right, so I have to ask you this question. It's, I know it's very standard, but it's very important to ask, which is, as a writer of comic books, if you had a superhero power... What would it be? And just so you know what mine would be, I'm modeling myself after a character I read in Archie Double Digests called Cricket. And what Cricket could do was she could smell you and tell you how much money you had on you. Amazing! I, uh, I actually, you know, if I had any superpower, it would be to understand any language. Oh, yeah. Any language at all. And to, to be able to communicate in any language, including the language of animals. <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> and machines. Yeah. That would be my superpower. I have a great respect for your intelligence because that is a beautiful answer. That was like you <laughs> responding with poetry. Well, I also like smelling like, money. I, so <laughs> there you go. Now, you enjoy games and you like challenges? Uh, yes, I do. All right. So then I will ask you, Greg, are you ready to take and ask me another trivia challenge? I am. Fantastic. Let's give him a hand, Greg Pock, everybody. <laughs> Art Chung, thanks Thank for joining for us. Now, Art Chung, you are one big comic book nerd, right? I resemble that remark, yes. <laughs> Good, so I'm glad that you, we have you on stage. Now, Greg, we have a lot of comic book fans in our audience, and we really searched to find someone that would be a worthy contestant for you in this game, and I think we did quite well. Let's welcome Dean Haspel, everybody. Know something about comic books, I believe, right? Something like, because uh, you were what, a Emmy Award winner? Yeah, I won an Emmy, which is odd because that has nothing to do with comics. But, but it was for your. But it was for the HBO show uh, Bored to Death, which I provided all the artwork for and the opening credit sequence. That opening credit sequence is amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Have you drawn superheroes? I've drawn from Marvel and DC. Uh, I've run the gamut between book publishers and comic book publishers, memoir and superhero. So you've done it all, is That's what you're saying. Congratulations! I'm in trouble. 
Good. I'm glad you feel that way. You're a little nervous. I am. Dean, I'm, I'm do you feel sweating. nervous? Not at all. <laughs> okay, so obviously the Marvel Universe is full of amazing heroes, evil villains, but we don't want to forget about the little creatures. And by that, I mean the animals. Okay. That's right. <laughs> From super-powered pets to giant monsters, there are so many fun, quirky Marvel critters that deserve our love and recognition. And in this game, we're going to ask you questions about the Marvel Animal Kingdom. Wow, boy. Are you guys ready? All right. Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. The Skrulls are a race of alien shapeshifters with a bad habit of invading Earth. Bad. Way back in Fantastic Four issue two, who doesn't have that framed? The Fantastic Four capture a group of Skrull spies and thwart their invasion plans. Because it's clear no prison can hold shapeshifters, duh, how does Mr. Fantastic neutralize these aliens? Dean. He turns them into cows. Of course, he turns them Thank into you. cows. Hamburger meat. The human mutant known as Squirrel Girl sounds pretty harmless. But she's defeated both Doctor Doom and Wolverine in battle, which is not one of her squirrel-based powers. Buck teeth that can chew through wood, the ability to understand and speak squirrel language, or extra-large cheeks where she stores her weapons. Oh, I think Greg... Extra large cheeks where she stores her weapons. Correct. That is right. I was going to say all three, but... <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, she has a utility belt full of nuts for her squirrel friends and calls it her nut sacks. <laughs> Sadly, that's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Nothing I can do about that. In an alternate universe, a spider was bitten by a radioactive pig and became a superhero known as Spider-Ham. What is Spider-Ham's secret identity? Dean. Peter Porker. Peter Porker is correct. <laughs> a Marvel fan favorite is the pet of the Inhumans and is the leader of the Pet Avengers, a giant bulldog named Lockjaw. Besides having super jaw strength befitting a dog his size, what is Lockjaw's main superpower? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go Greg. Should we say it together? <laughs> yeah, teleportation. Teleportation, teleportation yeah. that's right. <laughs> this monster's name supposedly means he whose limbs shatter mountains and whose back scrapes the sun. He's actually an alien from the planet Kakaranathara, but was discovered in China many centuries ago. What is the name of this fearsome dragon created by Stan Lee, whose name was inspired by the 1920s musical Chu Chin Chow? <laughs> I think Greg again. You're, you're, you're a little high on the bell. <laughs> Fin Fang Foom. Fin Fang Foom. Finally, what tiny purple dragon shares his name with a former American aerospace company? Dean. Lockheed. Lockheed is right. Well done. From the X-Men. From the X-Men. We are tied. Oh. Greg and Dean, we have to give you a tiebreaker. Art, go ahead. Here's your tiebreaker. Kazar, the master of the savage land, is often accompanied by his companion, Zebu. 
the last known living Smilodon. What is a Smilodon? Dean. Sabretooth. Sabretooth blank? There's more to that? <laughs> we'll no, give it to you. Sabretooth cat or tiger, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cat <laughs> or tiger, okay. I didn't know that. Cat. I didn't know that. All right. Looks like Dean Haskell, you are the winner. It was a tight match, and I would like to award you both with a prize for being our mystery guest and our winner of this hilarious comic book creature uh, quiz. It is a Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, limited oh, edition, so all the much. way from Hungary. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have another hand for our amazing competitor, Dean Haskell, and our incredible mystery guest, Greg Pock. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, this is what we've all been waiting for, the Ask Me One More final round. Let's bring back our winners. From Extended Play, we have Jamie Pierce. From This, That, or the Other, Jesse Perlstein. And Dramatic Personae, Mark Beasley. Okay, we call this game, It's Two Things in One. We're looking for words that do double duty in English. For example, if we asked you for a word that's both part of a river and a place to put your money, you would say, if you're... Uh, bed. Yes, you put your money in your bed. I, I yeah. Say, yeah. Wouldn't you put your money in your bed? Bank might oh, be... Right, yes, right, right. try that. Oh, wow. Thank you. Okay. You only have a few seconds to give us an answer. One wrong answer and you're out. Last person standing is this week's grand winner. Ready, players? Let's go. Jamie, starting with I, a flower and a part of the I. Iris. Good. All right. <laughs> starting with J, a young animal and a character on Friends. Joey. Yes. Nice. Mark, starting with P, a horse and a bean. Pinto. Yes. Yeah. Great. Starting with D, a university and a member of the nobility. Duke. Yes. Starting with C, a sport and an insect. Uh, cicada. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesse, you're out. Wow. Mark, Jesse. do you have the answer for us? Like Cricket. Cricket is correct, yes. Uh, you go to the back. Jamie, starting with A, a body part and part of a book. Appendix. Yes. <laughs> starting with J, an island and a computer language. Java. Yes. Jamie, starting with S, a vegetable and a sport. Squash. Yes. Mark, starting with R, an herb and a woman's name. Three seconds. Rosemary. Yes. Jamie, starting with M, a snake and a shoe. Three seconds. Um... Uh, M Let's see M if Mark M can get this. Moccasin. Moccasin oh! is right, and Mark is our winner. Mark, you're today's big winner. You get a grand prize of an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a whole bunch of graphic novels autographed by Greg Pock. Well, that's it for Ask Me Another. We have run out of time. You can find us at a bunch of games we didn't get to play today on Facebook and Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another.
Ask Me Another puzzle czars have been John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. And Art Chung. Narc Thug. Tonight's music was courtesy of Ms. Shinali Bomek. Wham! Kibosh Loin. Additional puzzle writing contributed by Sean Kennedy. Swanky Hendon. Trip Bane. Tiny Paper. And Dan Schofield. Kaddish Felon. Our supervising audio engineer is Paul Ruess. Us true pal. Our house engineer is David Ferkin. Budding Rave. With production help from Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. James Ramsey. Mama's Jersey. Saraya Muhammad. Madam Hears You. Carrie Thompson. Shy Pork Mentor. And Zach Mellert. Call Me Hurts. Ask Me Another supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. Curium Zen. We'd like to thank the Bell House here in Brooklyn, New York. Hot Heel Blues. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR.